So we're, <laughs> we're in a series called Be the Church. And what we're doing in this series, we're talking about what that means to be the church. The church is always about people. Right now, we're the church uh, gathered corporately. When you leave the facility here in a little while, you'll still be the church. You'll be the church on mission. So uh, church isn't something that we do. Church is something that we are. We are the church. Uh, and so I think it's very helpful to start uh, understanding that because it impacts the way that we move through this life and the way that we relate. And really, since it's about people, it's about relationship, the church. And as I've been saying, it's about our relationship with God our relationship with the people of God, and our relationship with the future people of God. We've spent quite a bit of time talking about our relationships with one another, fellowship, the people of God. Today I want to start uh, talking about our relationship with God, and so we're going to look at worship and what worship really is. Now, uh, what we just did together, we often refer to that as worship as we sing, and that's certainly an expression of worship, but worship is more than just the songs that we think we sing. Um, there's a definition of worship that I really like. It's this, that worship is to honor with extravagant love and extreme submission. Worship is to honor with extravagant love and extreme submission. So, so true worship then is, is defined in effect by the priority that we place on who God is in our lives and where God is in our list of priorities. That's really what worship is all about. It's, it's knowing God as the number one priority in our lives and living um, in that way. And, and that as we live that out, that's really what worship looks like. So we're going to dig into that over the next few weeks. Talk about that. That's the intro transition. Always a bad joker. Do these are very, very bad jokes, so I'm very happy with them. I found out this Thursday, this coming Thursday, this is an actual thing. It's international talk like a pirate's day. They have a lot of days now for things, right? But September, September 19th, international. It's an international day. Talk like a pirate's day. So I wanted to give you some help for when that comes in because there's a lot of pirates around here. So uh, this is an old, old pirate's joke, but I like it. What did the pirate say when he turned 80? I matey. I matey. Just talking like a pirate, right? How much did the pirate pay for his pagan hook? An arm and a leg. All right, now this one, this is my favorite, but you have to think about it. This is a thinking joke. How do you make a pirate furious? Take away the pee. Have you got it? Raise your hand. <laughs> explain it to somebody that didn't yet. I had to explain it to everybody the first service, which I enjoyed, but still, takes away something. Apologies to the visitors. Let's press in with our scripture reading today. Uh, this is a great passage, Matthew 22:37 through 40. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Well, Jesus here, in effect, has been asked, what's the most important thing? And this is what he says. Love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, soul. Love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. In effect, everything that came at us from the Old Testament can be summarized in these ideas. Loving God all in. Loving your neighbor as yourself. Uh, in the Gospel of Luke, he, he, it's built on a little with the idea. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. 
with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Um, but both of those verses are, are drawing um, scripture from the Old Testament and being worked in. But uh, really what's powerful here and what I want to make sure you get is the idea that, that Jesus is summarizing those Ten Commandments that we're all aware of. And that we have a right view of what the Ten Commandments are. So we, we have to see what God was doing when he gave them. Because a lot of people look at them wrongly. So uh, in order to have a good feel for this, you have to go back into the book of Genesis. Uh, when God was creating everything. And as God creates everything, what he does, he speaks into chaos ten times. And he orders the universe. So if you go and read, it says, and God said, and God said, and God said, and God said. It happens ten times. And everything gets started that way. And then, uh, you know, the fall happens and, and, and uh, other things are taking place and the, the people of God sort of come to be through the patriarchs and we build into that story and that we know that um, by the end of Genesis and the beginning, uh, by the end of Genesis, the beginning of Exodus, the people of God are in slavery and bondage to the Egyptians and God comes in a miraculous way and he sets them free from slavery and bondage he rescues them and after they've been rescued and they're moving on from that point in time God shows up again and he speaks again and this time rather than ordering creation he's in effect ordering community and he speaks ten words into those people those people have already been rescued and delivered you you need to know that that this isn't how they're going to get rescued and delivered they've been rescued and delivered and set free what God wants to do now is, is help them to know how to live in community how to love well what that's supposed to look like. And so the the ten words that he gives, the ten commandments as we know them, it was really ten words that he speaks into that, are all about how to love well. So the ten commandments are a love thing, not a law thing. But people have flipped and they start thinking, well this is what you have to do to earn Uh, you you don't have to work for your salvation your rescue, your deliverance, it's these things and it's not. This is a way that people live who've already been rescued and delivered and set free as they've come to know Christ. So now we have this different way of looking at these things. These aren't trying to earn. This is what should be happening in our lives. And those Ten Commandments are summarized with that passage of Scripture into love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And that's the first three commandments. And then love your neighbor. And that's the last six of those commandments. You see, that's how you're supposed to love people. Those are the things you'll do when you love people. And then as yourself... I always say falls into the fourth commandment, the fourth word that's given there. And the fourth one that's given there is about Sabbath. It's about rest. And again, because people stopped seeing it as a love thing and started seeing it as a law thing, they they messed up what the Sabbath was all about. Because the idea of Sabbath was that God loves you so much that he wants to make sure that you're taking a day every week and you're stopping everything that you're doing, the work that you're doing, and you're having a day for rest and recreation. That you're having a day that's, that's about him and it's about the people you're in relationship with and it's about enjoying everything that's supposed to be going on in our lives. And yet we have this tendency to just get so busy and busy and busy that we're not taking that kind of break in our lives because that, that one sort of central break that we should have every week should help us through till the next one that we get but should also encourage us to make sure that we're stopping and finding God throughout the course of our week. And so we're, we're pressing into that together. And so when Jesus is saying these things, he's bringing all that up and we need to understand that's what's going on when we do this, that that we have to be able to enter into rest. And so it's, it's, it's more than just the day, it's a lifestyle. But until we begin to enter into the rest and peace of God, we can't love anybody the way we're supposed to. We'll never love God the way we're supposed to because we'll be stuck in the center of the story. and We'll never love people 
the way that we're supposed to because, again, it'll be all about us. We'll be stuck in the story. So we have to understand that this is a love thing that he's calling us to, and he's calling us to love God all in heart, mind, soul, and strength. So I want to take some time to look at that over the next few weeks. We're going to start today by, by looking at loving God with all of our hearts and what that means, loving God with all of our heart. That's point number one. I love what the writer of Proverbs says in Proverbs 4.23. He says, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Everything you do flows from it. In the earlier translation of the NIV, it actually says, for it's the wellspring of life. I like that better. The heart is the wellspring of life. Everything that that we're going to move into in this world is coming from this, this place within us. Now... When you read about the heart in the Bible, you kind of have to understand you're not really talking about the the organ in your chest that's pumping blood everywhere. Um, It's different than that. It's, It's more like the center of who we are. It's the control panel of our lives. The heart is what motivates us. It's what compels us. It moves us. It draws us. It's impacting everything in our lives. Uh, that's why he, he, the, the writer called it the wellspring of life. All of the really big things in life, the big issues, everything springs from the heart. And it's from that that God wants us to love him. He, he wants to tap into that central place of who we are, the control panel of our lives, and he wants us to love him there. The problem is we have some issues with our hearts. And uh, so what we need is a spiritual heart transplant we've got some issues with our hearts that he wants to change throughout the course of our lives and the issue is that our hearts have become hardened in matthew 13 15 he says this people's heart has become calloused they hardly hear with their ears and and uh, they have closed their eyes otherwise they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears understand with their hearts and turn and i would heal them So Jesus um, wants to change our hearts. And this is really at the root of what it means to uh, come into relationship with him. What that looks like. To to be born again or be born from above or whatever terminology you like there. To come into relationship with Jesus. Um, When we we realize that our sin has separated us from that relationship with God. And we we come to the understanding that Jesus has made a way for us to be reconciled to God. uh, And by um, just accepting that in faith and coming to know Jesus as Lord and Savior, things change. And one of the things that happens in that process is that he gives us a new heart. He's going to take that hard heart and he's going to begin to change it for us, to give us a very new heart in the process. And we need that because our hearts are messed up. Our sin nature has, has messed up our hearts. Um, Matthew fifteen nineteen. for out of the heart. Jesus says, come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. All these things are coming out of our broken hearts. So he has to do something about them. So we come to Christ and we receive a spiritual heart transplant. And now, even though we may choose to do the wrong thing, we're we're making that choice. But because of these new hearts now, we can also choose to yield to the Spirit and do the next right thing. and, And we can choose to love God in response to the way that he loves us. You know, love, God loves us with this amazing, all-powerful, all-consuming love. 
clearly demonstrated in the cross and the resurrection and what happens here. But, but God loves you to the point where He knows every hair on your head. He knows everything that you're going through. He sees every tear that you cry. He has you in that sort of um, love with Him. And, and in response, we're to love Him back from this place of everything that we are in this all-in sort of way. And, and our hearts have been broken, but He wants to heal those hearts so that when we come to Christ... He gives us a new heart. It says uh, in Ezekiel thirty-six twenty-six, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. Don't you love that? So it's a picture of when we come to Jesus, He's going to change our hearts. The Holy Spirit's going to come into us. And I'll remove from you your heart of stone. He's going to take that old heart out and give you a heart of flesh, a soft heart. He's going to take that hardened heart away and He's going to give us a softer heart. I think we can relate to that. I think we know what it means to have a hardened heart. I, I think we, we felt the edge that happens in our lives from living in, in such a messed up, broken world and our own sin adding to that. And, and to be able to come to a place where, where God can work on us and, and change our very hearts. I like to think it's a brand new heart that He's given us now that can respond to His love. I love the way Jesus models this idea of, of this heart responding to God. Um, in, the, in the Gospel of Luke, if you read through, you'll see, and in the other Gospels too, but particularly in Luke, you'll often see Jesus going out at night to pray. He gets alone to pray just to hang out with the Father. See, he, he loved just spending time in the presence of the Father. He was busy. Understand, Jesus was very busy. So, so he knew how important it was to get away and to hang out. And prayer is, is it, the idea of prayer, it's, it's more than just sort of bowing your head and closing your eyes and saying some rote words. Um, it's, it's all about being with Him. It's about listening for the, the whisper of the Lord. It's about engaging in that peace and that rest that I was talking about earlier. And, and see, that often comes just from being still. And yet we're, we're so busy and so hurried and so connected now that it's hard for us just to stop and realize the importance of putting everything aside just for a moment. Uh, sometimes we, we struggle with walking outside without our cell phones. Because, you know, what if I miss something? The, the world seemed to make do fine until about ten years ago. <laughs> right? But now, we're, and, and, and it's keeping us from stopping and being at rest. And just knowing God and knowing more about Him and, and understanding His love for us and responding to it. And, and all of that is that, that whole fourth commandment thing that I was talking about, being at rest, being at peace. And we need to do that throughout the day. And Jesus would go and do that just to be with His Father, just to, to hang out in that whole picture. And it's this, this picture of this new heart that needs to take that time to be with God and to pour out uh, to Him this love that He's given us that we respond back to Him. And, and when you're connecting like that, it'll really help you through the more difficult times in life. I find that it does for me. When I'm, when I'm connected, He's just, I know more significantly that He's with me, that He's got me, and He's going to see me through, through the process. And so it's a picture of this heart that we're to have when we come to Him. And it helps to remind us, too many people sort of relate to God like He's just a force. Um, they got this Star Wars concept in mind. That's all I can think of. You know, the force. Use the force. And uh, the dark side of the force. Okay, that's enough impressions. Anyway, God's so much more than force, right? He's, he's designed us for relationship. He wants to be in relationship with us. You know, he's the, he's the, he is the force of the universe, if you would, but, but he's, he's not impersonal. He's extremely personal. 
And He wants us to get to that idea. And it happens as we understand that that's what He's calling us to. And we decide, yes, God, I do want to love you all in with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength. So, so how do we love Him with all of our heart? That's point number three. How can, we, how can we begin to do that? I wish I could just give you some steps to tie that in. That would be helpful. But it's not like that. This whole idea is it's kind of a lifetime process as a believer. Um, that, that you sort of move in those directions. And, and what I can tell you, though, is that we need to make this heart love for God the absolute highest priority in our lives. It needs to be the priority of our lives. It needs to be that area of our life that's without compromise. Um, Alice and I have a dog. Her name is Mia. I've told you about our dog. We love our dog. And uh, my kids are often jealous of our dog because they say we treat her much better than we ever did them. So uh, we have a cat, too. I need to not neglect the cat. But, you know, we sort of share the cat's life uh, when she allows us. The dog shares our life. So you get sort of the difference, at least with our particular animal. And so our dog, she's a little rat terrier. She's, she's our, you know, we love this dog. She's a great dog. Um, I believe that the thing that she loves most in life is food. And, and uh, because of how she acts around food. I, you, maybe your dog's like that too, but she really enjoys food and, and uh, to an excess. And, uh, and like she even expresses that, like I have a pretty big salad every day and I have a bowl and I let her lick out the bowl. There's nothing left in there. I've eaten it all. But she likes just the process of licking out the bowl. And whenever she's done, she's so grateful. She hops in my lap every time. You can, and she kind of gives me this little cuddle before she goes on her way it's a response because we've just hit her love language apparently and uh she's all about food at the same time she's um she has issues with loud noises she gets a little anxious when like firecrackers or thunder she hates thunder and it changes her completely thunder and and so just the other day we had her and it was thundering there's a lot of thunder around and she goes from just kind of being happy and chill to all upset, everything on alert. She actually starts to shiver. Um, she's very, very unhappy. She needs, if she can, she'll sit right on your head. And uh, she's just a mess. And she was in that state where she was a mess. And we were in the bedroom. And I, I got up uh, out of the bed. I was walking around the bed. And at, at, on the dresser, there's a little jar of her treats there. She's got her own cookie jar. Sorry, she does. We're spoiled. I know, she's spoiled. And as I walked by it, I watched this amazing transformation that she went from this huddled mess to completely different dog, bounded to the end of the bed, ears up, tail wagging, and like, woof, like, food, I, I'm, I'm good. And I was amazed that her love for food totally helped her to overcome her fear of all the noise that was going on, like a different dog. And I thought, see, that's what life's supposed to be like. When we understand that, not food, with God, <laughs> I've had some of that before when it was food, I get it. When God is our highest priority, see, understanding that and our love for Him is the highest, it helps us overcome all of the other mess and things that are going on in our lives. It's absolutely transforming in the way that it works. That's why it's so important for us to know that we're to love God all in because it begins to impact every area of our lives. And so you can ask yourself some questions about this, how you know you're doing in, in the process. Let me give you the, the scripture here first, though. This is out of the commandments, Exodus 23. You shall have no other gods before me, God says. So in order to love Him all in, nothing should be before Him. So what is there that's getting in the way of that in our lives? questions that we can ask ourselves for that um, what do you turn to when life is hard who or what do you turn to where do you go for comfort where do you go for wisdom where do you go for strength where do you go for pain relief and if, if 
the answers to any of those questions are other than God, that's something that's competing for that highest priority in your life. And we need to deal with that. Because if, if the answers for those things are God, we're going to find life in the process. And he wants us to experience that with him. And, and he, no other gods before him. And it's not like we can't turn to other people and other things after we've turned to God. Because he wants us to be able to love people well. You get that? We're created for relationship. There's a big part of that. But until he's the highest priority, we'll never love people the way that we were intended to. We just won't because we're going to be kind of in that selfish place where we're always first. And so he's got to be first. And then from that place, we can love him and we can love others well. And so to sort of think about that whole idea about love, I, I want to give you again this passage that I gave you last week. I started the whole uh, sermon last week with this passage. I want to end it with this week. It's from 1 Corinthians thirteen four. If you were here last week, I said... You know, we can put God in there where love is because God is love from First John 4. And that because we're supposed to be developing in love, we start putting our name in there. And I spent the last years, last 30 years, 30 plus years now stuck at Steve is patient. because I'm not there yet. So I can't even begin to get to the others. But he's, and patience is funny that it takes so many years, right? Uh, you have to be patient. But you should know that passage. And so I want to encourage you, if you haven't previously memorized that passage, over the years we've done it several times, you should have it because it will help you be the filter that you need for how you're to love well. And it it, it memorizes really pretty quickly. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude, although that's changed in the new translation to it doesn't dishonor. Uh, It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. That you should have that one in the the memory bank um, because it will really help you throughout the course of your days to sort of know what loving well looks like. And, and as we sort of learn to just love him from all that we are, it really will impact the way that we love everybody else. So, so this is the first part of this whole idea of worship is to love God with all our heart. So consider those things this week and uh, we'll talk more next week about how we're going to continue that. We'll talk about loving him with all our soul. So that's that for uh, today. Ministry team, those of you here, why don't you head over to the wall. People on the way over the wall are here to pray for you. And if you need prayer for anything, they'll make sure you get it. They'll pray for your healing, relationships, problems, finances, situations, anything you got going on. Uh, when we were in prayer earlier this morning, we felt like um, God wanted to deal with a couple of things. Um, that someone is struggling with a difficult um, situation with a coworker, And that God wanted you to know that he's resolving that situation even now was how we uh, heard that. And that um, a first-time visitor today, but struggling perhaps with some depression. And, and as we were singing that song, uh, no, no Longer Stranger in Your Arms, that God wanted you to know that you are um, welcome with Him. You are no stranger to God and that He loves you with an everlasting love. So we'll be praying for those things. If that's you, make sure you get prayer. But let me pray for you as a group. And then we'll dismiss. Papa, thank you for your love for us and your goodness to us and your faithfulness. You're such an awesome God. Help us, God, to settle in your love for us, to, play, to, to find that place of rest and peace, and from there to love well, to love you and to love others. And God, we want to love you all in heart, mind, soul, and strength. So continue to move in us. And as you do, God, 
not only would we be changed, but, but this whole thing would impact the world around us for you. That you would bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area. That hundreds and thousands of people would come to know you as their Lord and Savior. We pray again today for every church in this area, God, where your word is preached. We ask that you would bless them abundantly with everything they need to fulfill the mission you've given them. We ask for your continued abundant blessing on us, God, to fulfill the mission you've given us of one more. Just one more lost child back to you, Dad. Just one more. Thank you so much for including us in your story here in this time and place. You're such an awesome God. If you need prayer this morning for anything, as we said, the folks over there pray for you, whatever it might be. And I, I think there, there might be some who struggle with this idea of this amazing love that God has for you. And I, I just want you to know that, that He loves you completely with an everlasting love. And, and you need to trust Him in that. And he'll, he'll demonstrate that love for you. So if you need prayer for the things that we've talked about, please get prayer. If you don't know Jesus yet as your Lord and Savior, let's take care of that to do uh, today as well. It's, it's humility and faith. In humility, it's just admitting to God you're broken like all the rest of us. You've sinned, asking God to forgive you what you do, and then in faith... Inviting and accepting Jesus into your heart and life as your Lord and Savior. If you've never prayed a prayer like that, do it today. Best decision you'll ever make. If you need help with that prayer, just go and ask someone. Say, hey, I want to know Jesus, and they'll help you with that prayer. So if you need prayer for that or for anything, I'd encourage you to get it. If you're going to stay and have breakfast, Lord, thank you for the food you provided today. Bless that. Everybody that makes it possible. Draw people in for the 11 o'clock service today, God, so they can hear about your love for them as well. You are an awesome, awesome God. Praise God from whom all blessings. face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace and go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We'll see you soon. Remember, be thankful for five things. Encourage two people so we can get one lost child back to dad. Prayer is there. Breakfast is in the back. As you go, drive safely. Be kind to one another in the parking lot. Have a great day. Catch some fish. Hope your team wins. See you later. Bye. Thanks for watching this broadcast from Keys Vineyard Community Church in Big Pine Key, Florida. Be sure to like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For more information, log on to keysvineyard.com. We'll see you next time.